happy hump day. I hope everybody is having a pretty good mid-afternoon day. Well, it is midday where I am. I know it's not winter yet. And ain't nobody thinking about that. (laughs) But I just came across this story. And I started to read it. And so I decided that I wanted to share it on Black Living Room Talk with you. In Binghamton, New York, winter meant snow. And though I was young when we left, I was able to recall great heaps of it and use that memory as evidence that North Carolina was, at best, a third-rate institution. What little snow there was would usually melt an hour or two after hitting the ground. And there you'd be in your windbreaker and unconvincing mittens forming a lumpy figure made mostly of mud. Snow Negroes, we called them. The winter I was in the fifth grade, we got lucky. Snow fell and for the first time in years it accumulated. School was canceled and two days later we got lucky again. There were eight inches on the ground. And rather than melting, it froze. On the fifth day of our vacation, my mother had a little breakdown. Our presence had disrupted the secret life she led while we were at school. (laughs) I've heard about those secret lives. (laughs) And when she could no longer take it, she threw us out. (laughs) Really? It wasn't a gentle request, but something closer to an eviction. Get the hell out of my house, she said. We reminded her that it was our house too and she opened the front door and shoved us into the carport and stay out she shouted (laughs) my sisters and I went down the hill and sledded with other children from the neighborhood a few hours later we returned home surprised to find that the door was still locked oh come on we said I rang the bell, and when no one answered, we went to the window and saw our mother in the kitchen watching television. Normally, she waited until 5 o'clock to have a drink, but for the past few days, she'd been making an exception. Drinking didn't count if you followed a glass of wine with a cup of coffee, and so she had both a goblet and a mug positioned before her on the countertop. (laughs) Hey, we yelled. Open the door, it's us. We knocked on the pane, and without looking in our direction, she refilled her goblet and left the room. That bitch, my sister Lisa said. We pounded again and again, and when our mother failed to answer, we went around back and threw snowballs at her bedroom window. 
You are going to be in so much trouble when dad gets home, we shouted. And in response, my mother pulled the drapes. She wasn't playing, was she? Dusk approached, and as it grew colder, it occurred to us that we could possibly die. It happened, surely. Selfish mothers wanted the house to themselves, and their children were discovered years later, frozen like mastodons in blocks of ice. My sister Gretchen suggested that we call our father, but none of us knew his number and he probably wouldn't have done anything anyway. He'd gone to work specifically to escape our mother, and between the weather and her mood, it could be hours or even days before he returned home. One of us should get hit by a car, I said. That would teach the both of them. I pictured Gretchen, her life hanging by a thread, as my parents paced the halls of Rex Hospital wishing they had been more attentive. It was really the perfect solution. With her out of the way, the rest of us would be more valuable and have a bit more room to spread out. Gretchen, go lie in the street. Make Amy do it, she said. Amy, in turn, pushed it off under Tiffany, who was the youngest and had no concept of death. It's like sleeping, we told her. Only you get a canopy bed. Poor Tiffany. She'd do just about anything in return for a little affection. All you had to do was call her Tiff, and whatever you wanted was yours. Her allowance money, her dinner, the contents of her Easter basket. Her eagerness to please was absolute and naked. When we asked her to lie in the middle of the street, her only question was where? We chose a quiet dip between two hills, a spot where drivers were almost required to skid out of control. She took her place, this six-year-old in a butter-colored coat, and we gathered on the curb to watch. The first car to happen by belonged to a neighbor, a fellow Yankee who had outfitted his tires with chains and stopped a few feet from her sister's body. Is that a person? He asked. Well, sort of, Lisa said. She explained that we'd been locked out of our house, and though the man appeared to accept it as a reasonable explanation, I'm pretty sure it was him who told on us. Another car passed, and then we saw our mother. This puffy figure awkwardly negotiating the crest of the hill. She did not own a pair of pants, and her legs were buried to the calves in snow. We wanted to send her home to kick her out of nature just as she had kicked us out of the house, but it was hard to stay angry at someone that pitiful looking. Are you wearing your your loafers? Lisa asked, and in response our mother raised her bare foot. I was wearing loafers, she said. I mean, really? It was there a second ago. This was how things went. One moment she was locking us out of our our own house, and the next we were rooting around in the snow, looking for her left shoe. Oh, forget about it, she said. It'll turn up in a few days. Gretchen fitted her cap over my mother's foot. Lisa secured it with her scarf, and surrounding 
her tightly on all sides, we made our way back home. So let me tell you about this author. That was a pretty good story. Got me to laughing because I'm thinking about some stories that I've heard about here recently about parents who would write on the on their on the internet on the computer saying, "Oh, school is out and I can't have my party." You know, the snow day done ruined my my party. So this is one like about four years ago that I really found out that parents were actually partying during the day when school is in and then instead of partying trying to party at night when their kids are at home so I guess that's kind of creative well I can't get a babysitter I can't you know I might as well party while they're at school in the daytime (laughs) okay but to say that your kids are getting in the way of you doing come on anyway let me it says, Let It Snow by David Sidaris. David Sidaris is a writer, playwright, and radio commentator whose work often has an autobiographical focus. He became famous for the Santa Land Diaries, a play about his job as a Christmas elf in Macy's department store. In this story, which they call an essay, it's a story, um, from his collection, Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim, he recalls a single day from his childhood in North Carolina. Hmm. Well, I remember being out of school for a whole month. And, uh, I was just in shock. I never thought um, that we would be out of school for that long in the winter. But what could you do? As soon as the plow trucks came to plow the snow away, more snow got dumped. So there's nothing that could be done. So we just decided we would, as kids, we enjoyed it. But you don't get snow like that no more. And most of the places that snow comes heavier than some, you don't see snow like that that much anymore. But anyway, I will be back with another good story. I hope you enjoyed that one because I I did. You know, I was thinking, speaking of summer, when the kids get out of school in the beginning of June, about the second week of June, it's like you have three weeks of June to be totally free from out of school as a student, as a teacher, whatever. And um, 
then think about it. The whole month of July is really the summer. That whole month of July. After July 4th, after July 4th, with all the fanfare, it is, after July 4th, it's pretty much a done deal. Then they start advertising um, back to school, notebooks, pencils, clothing, backpacks, and what have you. Now, for the African in America, African in America, we, it's a beautiful thing. We've been focusing on Juneteenth. Juneteenth is our big celebration that we have uh, fireworks and everything for now. In some cities, it has really grown. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to learn what your people were doing at that time and how they were celebrating. It must have been such an elation, you know, to find out that you were free. I, I, I can't even imagine how that must have felt. I mean, I just, can you imagine? But anyway, so after, after, after this, July 4th holiday you get pushed back to school products and everything then you after that you get into school right in August or whatever into August 1st of September well most schools now they go back after well is it I think it's after Labor Day and um and then you start seeing Halloween is it Halloween or is it Thanksgiving I think it's Halloween stuff. You start seeing Halloween and you just got in the school building. It's like I read an article once before a long time ago. I can't even recall it, but I know I read it. And the the, the author was saying that we allow them to push us. And that's why it feels like everything is moving so fast because we allow them to do that to us. Why do we do this? Why do we accept these things instead of fighting for how we want it to be. Just the same thing with, oh, don't forget when they uh, start talking about turning the clock back. You know what I mean? Because like right now where I am, it's like 1230. So when they turn the clocks back, it's 1130. Like, why do we let them to do it? It's like they've been studying and found proof that it affects the body. Your circadian uh, rhythm is off. I just think I'm all for them leaving it alone, you know, let it be natural, you know, let the daylight do what it do and the night do what it do, you know, give me whatever I need to get my proper rest, leave me alone, but, um, that's what they do. So you get, so you get forced to, from Halloween to Thanksgiving, you get Halloween in September and it's not even until October 31st or whatever and then Thanksgiving they're advertising the turkey with that and then before you you know it's like (laughs) come on (laughs) and then before you can enjoy either one of them good if whichever one you celebrate or you don't celebrate or whatever then you're (laughs) it's you know they're Christmas here's Christmas you know and I have been 
celebrating Kwanzaa. You know what I mean? So you, you're starting to see Kwanzaa, you know, uh, in the stores and, and whatnot. You know, you know, I really, I don't know whether to say it, 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 I, if I'm for it being commercialized like that or not. Um, but, uh, anyway, these, these things that are being rushed, I like just slow down and don't even worry about it. If you're seeing it in the stores and it's making you feel overwhelmed, don't worry about it. You don't have to allow them to push you like this. So it's like after that, after that you're pushed and they keep showing you commercials about New Year's and people uh, toasting their glasses together and everything like that. Look, I'm just trying to be thankful for what I have. Thankful for seeing the next day. You know, taking a deep breath. Thanking the Creator for that breath. But if you don't take the time to smell those flowers, you won't even recognize how fast that you are going. You won't even recognize how fast you're allowing yourself to be pushed on this vehicle that they have. Um, and then you, after that, you're going back around again. Because in, what is it, April, May, they start pushing. I mean, before the boots are put away in the stores, they're pushing in summer. Like, if you don't buy winter things, if you don't buy your winter stuff when school starts, you won't see it again. And, like, I think you stop seeing it in um, October. You won't see it. But you'll see coats and everything. And give it a couple of weeks, you'll see coats and everything. You know, boots. But you won't see them in around October or November you, when the snow is really and the ice is really on the ground. So if you don't get that stuff, you can forget it in some states, you know, where they're, the seasons change like that. You know? Uh, it's just... I urge you to take time for yourself. Don't let this vehicle... I say vehicle because it is like a vehicle you get in and it's how fast you want it to go. It's how fast do you, how fast do you want to go? How fast do you think you need to go? Do you want somebody to get behind you and push you? You know, you know, you know, and then sometimes they weave and bob like they don't even know what's going on in the front of you. You know, like really, are you going to weave and bob like this and you don't see that this big truck is ahead of me? You don't see a car behind it. Like, really. But anyway, just... You take the control. You go at your own pace. And, uh... Enjoy the rest of your summer. Get out there in that backyard and... Get a good book and read it. Listen to one of the books I've read on here. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, you can also, if you don't have a backyard, you can get out there on your patio. 
patios are nice. You can do a lot of things with patios. You can dress them up and put a pond, little pond back there on the on your patio and a nice medium size or large it looks like a uh it's almost like it's like a tub it's, it can be a tub actually silver or whatever color you want it or you make it how you you pick the, the color or the type that you want to look it can be a basin type thing and you can put colored water in it rocks in it little plants in it um you can put uh um little fake birds in it and different things so anyway i want to wish you peace love light and i want you to have a wonderful day until i am back again with more conversation stories and information I am Empress Rahid, Black Little Room Talk.